0: Uh, those that he mentioned uh, in the way uh, that had a part. I remember hearing some of your names called out or mentioned as we uh, stayed in touch with the project, and we we did the simple part of it, just putting iron up and and trying to sheet it and that sort of thing. But there's a whole lot of work that goes sure. on after that, Amen. and uh, I appreciate. Church family, anybody that had a part in it, we rejoice with. You. Amen. Amen. We Amen. What you've Amen. done, and uh, what an investment in God's work. And I'm, I appreciate the fact the Lord didn't let me fall off the iron. The iron. Amen. 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 I've walked a lot of iron in my life, and the only time I ever fell was with ladders. I had ladders in a couple of places, actually. Fell twice, same ladder, same place, <laughs> two different days. I should have learned better, but I didn't. <laughs> but uh, I mean, just those those days. And I, again, I mentioned last night, but from when you unloaded the building uh, over two years ago uh, to this meeting, is uh, you know it took a lot of hard work, and uh, it took you, Brother John, your family, just keeping things together. And God brings the rest of us along to kind of help you. But we praise God for old whole past Baptist Amen. Amen. do appreciate Brother Stephen, Miss Gina. Um, the Lord's blessed him with a plane, and he flew us up here, we appreciate that. Uh, it was exhausting. It took an hour and a half to get here. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been 11 hours, I think, or 10 hours. And uh, Brother Adam and Heather and the family, they came up and drove up. And uh, I was looking for them in the interstate as we passed <laughs> I didn't, didn't see them, but I uh, appreciate Mayfield Creek Baptist Church. Amen. Good to see Brother Rick Williams back there yes. and Diane. Amen. Been a long, long time friend. And love Brother Rick and I pray for you daily, you and Diane Amen. in the mornings as I pray and, and uh, appreciate Brother Rick being here and others. Psalms 121 tonight, Psalms 121. Brother Rick told me he goes to bed at 9 o'clock, so Brother Rick, we're going to try to get you out of here. Amen. You have no more hope or faith in me getting you out of here at 9 than my own people do. (laughs) Psalms 121. The psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help. Cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I like the fact that he's talking about keeping me, but then he's talking about keeping Israel. He can keep the individual, but he can keep the congregation. Move my hand. Uh, he's a big God. Yes. Right. Verse 5 The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth. And even forevermore. Let's pray together. Father, help us tonight. Preaching cannot be done without your touch and your anointing. I know that it's spiritual. And so I pray for that touch tonight. I beg you for that touch tonight. Grant us utterance. Grant the congregation hearing. And Father, may we say no more, no less than what you want said in Christ's name. Bless this church. Uh, after this meeting may the best days be ahead of them i pray you'll add to them i pray they'll see many many souls saved i pray there'll be a bright and shining light in this this area of virginia thank you for the people that make up this congregation may they grow spiritually and numerically and May they grow in the ministry. May they grow every way that a church can grow with your blessing upon it. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Notice what he said, my help cometh from the Lord, verse number two. Preached this uh, a few weeks back at our church, and I considered what to preach, what would be uh, appropriate for these days with, of course, the Lord giving us peace and direction And uh, I I thought about this psalm, what a special psalm it is. Probably, as most writers would say, it was born out of an experience that Hezekiah had in uh, Isaiah 36 and 37, where the nation of Israel is invaded by Sennacherib. And if you've read your Bible, you know that that was... uh, it was a time Hezekiah had, was reforming the nation of Israel. Israel had gotten away from God and they had become idolatrous in their practices. They'd forgotten the God that brought them out of Egypt and uh, the true and living God. And they had begun worshiping the gods of the people that were around them. And so they were very idolatrous, very uh, uh, wicked and vile, And Hezekiah comes on the scene and he begins repairing the house of the Lord. He repairs things. He gets the filth out of the house of God. And uh, he restores worship to the people of God. That sounds like a revival uh, to me. And, uh, you know, it just seems like the more God blesses people, the further they get away from God. Mm -hmm. Right. I've told the church, I've met just a handful of people in my life that can keep their feet on the ground when God's blessing them. Some sort of promotion, some sort of financial increase or a great windfall. And, and, uh, you know, God, I'm not against finances. I'm not against money. I'm not against those things. But we need to keep our feet on the ground. We need to remember where we was before we were born. But He is is bringing revival to the nation of Israel. And Sennacherib uh, invades. The Assyrians invade. And that's how it is. You start having revival. You start remembering who brought you here and and how God has blessed you. And, And it seems like that's when the enemy comes back in. And he wants to stop reviving. The enemy's not going to be content. He's not going to go away and say, My, my, we've right. lost the battle with old bads. Right. Uh, no, that's when he's going to intensify his attack. Right. Yeah. He Amen. is going to uh, march on this church in various ways, as you dealt with a lot of things uh, that would be discouraging uh, and try and get this building uh, completed. But he's not done. He's going to keep attacking. right? And so Sennacherib, uh, or um, Hezekiah, seeks the Lord. He goes to Isaiah the prophet. And I believe this psalm was born out of that experience, that trial. If not, some other child of God was having a trial and a battle. And what takes place is Psalms 121. Sennacherib says, we're going to annihilate you. We're going to destroy you. We're going to defeat you. Do you think your God can uh, turn back our army? And if you've read that account, you know there was 185,000 enemy troops surrounding the strong cities of of Israel and Jerusalem. They were basically uh, uh, captives in their own city." And, and uh, Rabshakeh, he was naming off the armies that they had defeated. He said, do you think you turn to Egypt? Do you, do you think Egypt can help you and deliver you from us? And so Hezekiah says, you know, I'm not going to turn to Egypt. And it is true that you defeated those armies and their gods, because in the fact they are no gods. And I'm going to appeal to my God. He true. And what he says is, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my Amen. And uh, this is a song of degrees, as you see in the heading there, uh, which we could say was a psalm of ascent as they're approaching their place of worship. Uh, some of these psalms, Psalms 120 through I think maybe 136 or somewhere along in there, one. 33, 134, they would recite these psalms from time to time as they're going to the house of God. And so wouldn't it be a blessing if on our way to the house of God we had one of these psalms being rehearsed? Amen. Yes, sir. And, And I would really, I'd like to take the time just to preach on the how to come to church. I'm afraid that far too often the battle is lost as far as what God wants to accomplish in a service like this before we ever get to the house of God. What are you thinking about on your way to the house of God? Are you thinking about my help will come from the Lord? I'm having a bad day, but wouldn't it be a blessing to to anticipate the help that you're going to get right. when you get to the house of yes, God? Man, Amen. Man. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Preacher, everything is falling apart and I've never gone through the valley I've gone through, but you ought to realize that when you come to, this is a different place than any That's other place. Right. Right. I'm not saying that it can just make everything vanish away, but it we can get help from the Lord in God's house. At least that's what it's designed to be. I understand that we can't go just anywhere that calls itself a church and get help. But I'll tell you, if this Bible is opened up and our God is honored and we have faith in our God and a people assembles and they look to God, they're not looking to any other source of deliverance they're depending on God I believe they'll see the hand of God intervening in situations I've seen it time and again time and again I remember early early in my ministry uh, pastoring I mean way back under. I remember just the first issue that I ever dealt with in weeks probably end of the meeting, maybe maybe a year into pastoring, something like that, and the issue happened and it just seemed to be growing in the in the church on a Sunday morning and I went home and I went back into the little bathroom there and I just put my head in my hands and I thought my ministry is over. It's just getting started and my ministry is over. And boy my heart was heavy but I got in the Word of God later on that day. I got back to the house of God that night and I began to preach the Word of God. And I sort of set up a spiritual uh, well-drilling rig on a verse and I started digging in that verse and the deeper I got, the more water I got, the more water I got, the more, I got, the more help I got. And that was 30-something years ago. I'm saying we need to come to the house of God. We at least need to prepare Uh, for coming to the house of God and meeting with our God, And it's hard to keep things out there from getting in here, at least in our conversations. But here's what he's saying. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. You see, it seems like if you've got everything you need, you don't need God. But we don't have everything we need. That's right, Even if our bills are paid. Even, I mean, as our chil- my children have grown up, they're married, now they've got their children. And you might think, well, praise God, we can relax. No, now I've got grandchildren to pray for. And, and if, if I live long enough, I'll have great-grandchildren to pray for. I want them to have a place they can anticipate coming to and getting help. I don't want them to look out there in the world for help. I want them to depend on God. I want them to know that Granddaddy got help in the house of God and Grandma got help in the house of God and Daddy and Mama got help in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise Praise the Lord. Yes, That's why Amen. we come to church. Right. right. We don't come to church to discuss current events or what's going on out there, and I know that bleeds in. But we ought to come saying, Oh God, I need help today. Amen. Amen. I need strength. The church needs help. Maybe sinners come to the house, never been saved by the grace of God. They don't need to come to a dead church. Right. Right. They need to come to a church Amen. that's depending on God. Jesus. Yes. Yes, I'll tell you, you get a people depending on God and you'll have a God who is working in their situations. So I think it's a very encouraging psalm. Anyone that desires to serve God or that's trying to live godly and take a stand for the Lord. Three things I want to give us tonight. Number one, I see the place the psalmist was standing. He talked about his foot not being allowed to be moved. Then secondly, I see the pressure the psalmist was suffering in the sense of of force. You see, Hezekiah, if it is Hezekiah, has has braced himself to stand against Sennacherib. He doesn't know that an is going to go out and slay 185,000 people. All he knows is that he cannot give ground. I don't know how the answer to our battles is going to come in each and every battle. All I know is God wants me to stand. Right, right. Amen? Yes, Amen. Amen? Right. And so the, uh, the pressure, it, it must have been intense on Hezekiah. But then the last thing, and I see this in verse 3 and following, the per- persuasion. The psalmist uh, was uh, seeking or how he was comforted by this. See, he, I think, says verse 1 and verse 2. Then it seems like the psalm changes a little bit and maybe someone comes in behind him and says, He won't suffer you to be moved. Mm-hmm. What a blessing for you to say, I'll tell you what, here's what I'm going to do and here's how I'm going to serve God. Yeah. And maybe a, a wife stands back and says, That's right, honey, he, he will be with you. I'll tell you, there's been many a time, I've been in many battles through the years, and I've had a godly wife to stand right there with me and encourage me. I remember probably in another battle, I remember going home, and I laid on the couch in the living room, and I'd been betrayed by the, the best friend that I had in that church. And I confided in him, and he had betrayed me. And I was very, very, very wicked man that I'd found out he'd gotten a lot of wickedness. And so I'm laying there, and I just felt like, man, you know, I'm too young to have a heart attack, but I feel like I could have a heart attack. and And she walked in there, and she just put a... Uh, cassette player. Imagine that. We don't have those anymore, do we? <laughs> she put that on the uh, on the counter and put in a preaching tape and I laid there and I felt like Popeye eating spinach. Amen. <laughs> I felt like God was filling my soul. Amen. And I went back to the house of God that night and half the church was against us and on and on. But God let us preach the Word of God. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, God will help us. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes we should help each other by if your pastor takes a stand here, you going to say, Amen, pastor! Yeah. God will be with you! And God will support you and we will make it through the battle. Amen. 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 I tell you, this is a battle. This is a war. This is not some little game. The devil is in it for keeps. He wants to hurt the church. So the place he was standing, I think generally it might apply as it would apply to anyone. It must have been a good place for the enemy wanting to move him. It must have been a right place according to the standard of truth and and justice. Hezekiah is doing what is right. It's right to have a godly church. Yeah. Amen. I am shocked and I'm am amazed at the amount uh, of alcohol, for example, that's being brought in to not maybe into the sanctuary, but into some of the fellowships, and if not in their fellowship, into some of their just uh, occasional gatherings of church members outside. What a sad thing. Amen. Right. Very sad thing. Amen. That's drinking is what I did when I was lost. Amen. Going to bars and being involved in all of that. I did every bit of that. I'm ashamed of that. It grieves me. But what would I have thought if I got saved August 17, 1980, and I went to church and a church member invited me over for a beer? Amen. What he is doing is right. Where he is standing is right. God is pleased with it. It must have been important. Being in the will of God is altogether important. Yes, sir. And so, generally speaking, he's standing there and I think he anticipates the help of God. If he wasn't standing in a right place, then he couldn't expect the help of God. Brother John, we've got to know that we're standing on the Word of God. Yes. Amen. Make sure you have biblical uh, support for where you're standing. Amen. Amen. Preach your convictions. Yes. Live your convictions. Make sure they're born out of Scripture. They're born out of principles. And stand there. Amen. 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 People may not understand, but I'll tell you: the more we move toward the world, the more we start losing our our, our touch from God. We start our children get uh, attached to the things of the world. The world and the church are two separate entities. Right, right. right. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So generally speaking, we could say those things personally for Hezekiah. He's in a place of obedience. He's doing what God told him to do. He's in a place of responsibility. He's got got the nation of Israel looking to him as this uh, Assyrian army is approaching. And actually, they have surrounded them. He is in a place of usefulness. He's accomplishing The will of God. Brother John and and church here, you're doing something for God. This is what God wants you to do. Not just to assemble here, but to be a witness out there. To invite people to come in here and hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason you're doing it is because God has raised you up. His life is making a difference in, in so many other people's lives. He's in a place of resistance as far as the enemy is concerned. What the enemy would be in control of, think about that if the enemy could get in and have his way. My dad and mom went to church and I remember coming under conviction and uh, daddy got out of uh, the army in 1962. I was four years old. I remember going to Violent Park Baptist Church hearing a converted Catholic preaching the Word of God in power. And I sat there as a little boy, and you may not believe this, but I, and I couldn't have explained it, but I believed what he was preaching. Amen. I believed there was a God. Mm-hmm. God was dealing with my heart as a little kid. Daddy and Mama got out of church in probably 68 or 69. You got the hippie movement. You know, you got all of the rebellion, you've got everything. And my oldest sister got caught up in it as the years went by. I got caught up in it. And I'm telling you, it was devastating for our family. Devastating for our family. Our family has never gotten over those years. But you see, when we got, when we lost, the church lost that preacher that stood. We got a preacher that didn't stand for or against anything. And so we just kind of lost that, that touch of God. Either right is right, and the Bible is right, or there is no right. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us what is right. <laughs> yes, right. And we should Amen. do Amen. what the Bible says. Amen. 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 The enemy would love to get a hold of the little kids in this church. Right. He'd love for you to take drugs. He'd love for you to lose your virtue. He'd love just to destroy you in any way He could. He would. And so it does matter. Now, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. God reached down in a horrible pit and brought me out. I don't say that condescendingly. I don't say that uh, with my nose lifted up. I'm a wretched sinner saved by the grace of God. Amen. But I don't want and I didn't want my children to go through what I went through. And so I took a stand, praise God, and yes. I fought hell by the acre and I'd still do it today. Right is right. Yes, and right. wrong is wrong. Yes, right. I mean, we could go through just, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of scriptures that tell us to be separate, come out from among them, to not be conformed to the world. We're to be different. Right. But so, Sennacherib and rabshakeh they wanted to come in and take over the vineyards of Israel and the farms of Israel and the sacred things of Israel and the people of Israel. And Hezekiah said, I'm going to stand right here, and that is not going to happen if I can help it. And I like that stand, don't you? Well, I'm not against sinners being in here, but I'm against anybody to tell me or tell my kids, there's nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with this or that or the other. I beg to differ. Amen. i beg to do. Yes. Amen. Yes. amen i certainly do amen if you ever get saved you'll agree with it too he's in a place of resistance well let's just say you don't agree with what i'm saying spiritually according to the bible do you are you an american you believe in america you believe in the principles that this nation was founded upon? Yep. I do. Amen. I'm not a communist. I'm a, I'm a capitalist. Right. I believe in the free market enterprise. Amen. I believe in standing for the flag. Amen. If you Amen. want to kneel, leave. Yes. I have no problem saying that. Right. Right. Amen. In fact, when they started kneeling, I tell you what we did, I was preaching and i came around this side of the pulpit and i said we ought to we ought to have a t-shirt that says we stand because they stood or something like that and so young lady caught that little thought and she had a coffin i believe and you folks can help and and and, and it uh, was draped with an american flag and it says we we stand because they stood yeah. so, I believe in that amen. 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 and I don't want to get too political we'll get people upset I, just want you, I want you to know where I'm staying right. amen. 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 amen the bible is right yeah. Thank God. they didn't need Assyria in there telling them how to live and what their morals were and so on and so forth what would be the cost if the psalmist were not where, standing where he, where he was Practically for us today, are we standing in a good place? Are we firmly fixed in this place? But notice the second thing, the pressures. The psalmist was suffering. Not many people are willing to stand for what is right. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my wife a little bit about the uh, Revolutionary War and I used to know the percentage of the colonists that supported the Revolutionary War but it, it went down as far as the percentage uh, was for those that actually took up arms and fought for our freedom, very small percentage. We have to understand that not everybody's going to see the importance of taking a stand. And maybe we shouldn't look at it as, well, they're just enemies, but I, I can't help it if you don't see what I'm seeing. And I can't help it if, like uh, Hezekiah, if you don't see the threat that Sennacherib and Rabshakeh and that 185,000 troops represent, but I do. And you're silent about it. I'm going to speak out about it. You're going to do nothing about it. I'm going to cry out to God about it. And I'm going to take a stand and that's what He's doing. Amen. Amen. But the pressures are getting great. They were great enough that He knew He had to have help. And if His feet are going to remain where God has placed them. God is going to have to help him. He's a king. He's in a position of prominence. He's a leader. And the nation is not going to rise above its leadership. Amen. And so he's standing there. And that just intensifies, Brother John, the pressure that's on your shoulders right. to maintain a stand for God. Do it in the right spirit, but stand. Yes. Do everything you have to do to stand for what is right and preach the Gospel. Notice in verse number 3, the pressure was meant to shake Him. He said, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. And that means to, to waver or to fall or to be out of course. Uh, the pressure was meant to overthrow Him or just dislodge and just push Him any amount at all. But He would not move. I like that. Amen? Amen. So it was meant, secondly, to exhaust Him. It talked about day and night. God keeping His position day and night. It points to the constant presence of the enemy. He can see them. He can hear them. And He keeps this stand as the days and the nights roll on. It was meant to afflict Him, verse number 7, in His soul. Notice, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. Those, those, that area of our hearts where we desire what we desire and long for what we long. And Hezekiah at this time is longing just to keep his nation as a nation that can have revival and be right with God. What a desire. God will honor that desire. Amen. Amen. And so we come to the final point, the provisions the psalmist is seeking. And from whom? It's settled as far as he's concerned. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. He was offered terms of surrender. Remember that? He turned them down. I like that. Amen. I like that grit. It's strong within him. He said, my help cometh from the Lord. It's on its way. He believes it. It's sufficient. He talked about the hills being around him. And I love that. He is is just talking about the multiple and Jerusalem had multiple hills around him. And I think he is saying, it's adequate, it's sufficient. It will be what I need. He would depend on divine provisions. I remember the... uh, man that caused us so much trouble he was an influential man in the community he said you're going to lose everything you got and i said i tell you what if i I do lose everything i got and you see me and my family walking down the road i said see if you can see which way my head will be i said it won't be down it'll be up Amen. God's men cannot be for sale. Amen. yes. No no price. Amen. No pressure. People that want right will support right. Amen. And so he said, my help comes from the Lord. And then it was strengthened. These others joined in and they said, he will help you. He will not suffer you to be moved. Amen. So I pray, Brother John, it's my prayer as, as the weeks come and go, and the months come and go, and the years pass, that you'll see another family, and another family, Amen. and another family, and you reach out there and rescue people like me when I was 21 years old. My three of my friends are dead and in eternity. Two of the people I ran with somewhat went to prison. I should have gone to prison, but the grace of God found me and Amen. changed my life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And boy, it'd be good to see the auditorium sprinkle with sinners saved by the grace of God. Amen. But that cannot happen if you, if you allow yourself to be pressured and pushed off of preaching this book this book the very first thing it does is reveal what we are you can witness to people you can talk to people I wouldn't hardly let you witness to me at those times right before I got saved I was under conviction but I wouldn't let anybody talk to me about the Lord I had to initiate it but I would push people away and and just dare them to say anything to me about the gospel. But in my heart I needed to hear the truth. And people out there will need to hear the truth. Amen. Don't don't let people this Bible tells us exactly what we are. This Bible diagnoses our conditions, but then it offers the cure. Amen. 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 What is the cure? Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Yes, I, And I'm not trying to glorify sin, but I, I, did, I did some form of drug probably every day of my life. Every day. I wasn't a heroin addict, that sort of thing, but I didn't know. I didn't know if I'd be able to live the life, walk the walk, you know. All I knew was that for, for quite some time. When I got saved by the grace of God, I never had an appetite for that I went and joined the church. I had one friend that I played baseball with in school and growing up. and, And I saw him come. We worked at the same place together. And I said, hey, Mick. I saw him. I was going in on evening shift. He was coming out on day shift. I said, I got saved Sunday. He said, that's wonderful. He said, we're in a... We're having a kind of a revival. Would you like to come to church? And I went to Brother Stone's church, Faith Baptist Church, and uh, I knew that's where God wanted me to be. Never been out of church since. So that's the keeping power of God. It's not me. That's the grace of God. Right. That's powerful prayer. Father, thank you for the truth. Oh, may Brother John and this church have a footprint here for righteousness that cannot be